Hello, and welcome to this We Did It.Health event. At We Did It.Health, we're working to create a, health, a happy, healthy, vegan and plant-based world. We're doing that through building community and offering resources such as today's discussion to help you create relationships where you will plant seeds of hopeful curiosity in others when they ask about a vegan or plant-based lifestyle. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and we also invite you to join our Facebook community so that you can connect with others and find support and encouragement with like-minded members. My name is Marikita Solis, and I'm very excited to welcome plant-powered bodybuilder Jeff Palmer to today's program. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Well, I got, we got a lot of questions for you, and I know that we got a lot of excitement. People have been waiting for this conversation. So if you're watching, please make sure you give StreamYard permission to use your name, and we want to hear your comments and questions. Good Jeff is a wealth of information. You're always learning, Jeff, and you're always studying about health. And the fact that you've been vegan for so long and plant-based for so long is inspiring. So, so tell us, how long have you been? <laughs> whole food plant-based vegan or what, what do you call it yeah i i'm i'm vegan uh for the animals uh first and foremost um uh, you know i i want to support the life uh, they're most important to me but all animals are important to me including the human animal and i feel as much compassion for humans as i do animals to me they're one and the same we're just another animal on this planet sharing it so I want to see the health and happiness of, of all animals, humans included, which is why this fits so perfectly for me uh, to be vegan for 38 years since uh, my life changed back in March 15th of 1985. I, I uh, had someone help me through depression. The breakthrough was so intense. Uh, I felt so grateful from being released from suicidal depression that I said, that's it. I'm, committing my life, the rest of my life to helping others. Uh, the animals are a wonderful planet that keeps us alive. And, uh, and, and everyone I share this planet with, humans included. And I've seen so much suffering from ill health. Um, it's really a passion and a pleasure and an honor to be a spokesperson, not only for the animals, but for the wisdom of the plants that's really there showing us how they help heal and keep our bodies healthy and fit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. And, and, and you are, well, you're a rarity. There's not that many men. I was sitting with a friend last night eating dinner and there was a TV and we were at a, like, a, I don't know what it was, like a little sports bar or whatever, but they had TVs in each little booth. And there was the TV, like a, the manly thing eating meat. And I thought, my gosh, when can we get past this thing? You know, right. and so you're an example that manliness, I mean, it, it's manly, it's more manly to stand up and be a voice for those who are helpless. So you're an inspiration, Jeff. Oh, thank you. I agree 100%. I I think the, the meat and masculinity myth was perpetrated by um, marketing efforts. Look, we all know in marketing, if you want to get people to use more of your products, you do one of two things. Use fear, which is probably one of the most powerful emotions and drivers of actions. 
and you say, oh, you're not, you're going to be judged by your peers as not being manly if you don't eat meat. Well, that's a very clever marketing technique to try to scare people into believing they have to eat more of your products so they make more money. But we've lost track that that's just the sales campaign. That's just marketing. It's, it's, it's a lie. Um, meat doesn't cause masculinity. Meat isn't where protein comes from. Protein is made by plants. Animals don't make essential amino acids, the building blocks of protein. So they don't produce it. Uh, it's just this whole myth. But it, it was so successful in advertising and marketing campaign that now so many men are afraid to change by being judged by their peers. But I'm like, well, you're talking to me about masculinity. Masculinity, part of masculinity is being brave. Um, and masculinity within men and women, we should all be brave. We should all go against the peer pressures and lies of marketing and, and fears and stand up to that and do what's right. Because yeah, eating animal products is, is killing us. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no two ways to, to, to put niceties on it. It's, it's killing the animals, it's killing the planet, and it's destroying our own health too as well. There's, there's nothing about this except for the profits for those who would profit off of us being sick and unhealthy. Yeah, you're right. And then you're right, the, the way that the myths have been perpetrated for years, I mean, have just been passed on for years. And I'm happy to see Philip here, who's uh, representing the men too, a ma masculine voice. So thanks for joining us. Philip here, who's saying happy Saturday, everyone. Um, and then we've got Claudia here, who's saying that we're both a great inspiration. Thank you, Claudia. And you're a great inspiration too in France. She's working very hard. And we got JJ. Hey, my favorite vegans. Hey, JJ. We we love y'all. Thanks for watching. And meat will take your manliness away. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Meat will take your manliness away. Do you want to comment on that, Jeff? Yeah, a great uh, Harvard University study showed that eating just two and a half eggs per week, just two and a half per week, increased the risk for prostate cancer by 81%. And, you know, it's, it's funny when I, I posted that on, on social outlets, the, I heard so many guys just say, well, big deal. I'll just get my prostate removed. A, a follow up study like, yeah, getting parts of your body removed is OK. A reason to have eat eggs <laughs> like really they're that important to you. And then the follow-up study actually said that uh, those with prostate cancer, up to 75% of them will be impotent for the rest of their lives. I'm like two and a half eggs a week and you lose your ability to have sex ever again. I'm just not seeing how that is masculine or how anybody would trade that swap in the right mind. It's, it's sad. And, and, and prostate cancer is one of the fastest growing cancer killers of men in the United States. It's killing them. It's taking away their masculinity. And it's loaded with estrogen. An egg is, is created by estrogen. It's an ovary of a female. It's just like there's nothing about it that is, it is masculine. It's, anti, it's as anti-masculine as it gets. We need you out there to be doing the, the commercials, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know JJ always is like, whoa, where was Jeff when I needed him? 
and and it's sad that we don't have this information. If I can just, you know, in the last 30 years, yes, I I was a you know science major in college, and and that's where I learned to read studies, and uh, and I've been reading it for the last 30 years with my focus on health and nutrition. But why is this research not getting to the mainstream where it could do the most help? Why is the government who has access to all this research, not setting new guidelines. You know, why are eggs still on the plate if we know it causes diabetes? We know it causes cancer. We know it can increase the risk for heart attacks. We know these things. These have been proven by hundreds, if not thousands of studies. Why is this information not in the public domain? Why is it being not taught in schools? And why is the government not doing it? And I know the reason that's, that's a, you know, the reason is money is profits and big business out there making too much money. Um, they make more money on them selling the products that they've always sold and not telling the truth. They've even done things to try to suppress the truth or distort the truth by funding studies that are set up to intentionally give a false outcome and then say, see, eggs didn't do anything. Well, yeah, but compared to what? They compared it to eating people eating butter. Well, of course not, because the saturated fat content's the same. But you see how you can devise a study to tell a different story? Oh, the result was it was no difference. No difference from those eating red meat and, and tons of butter. Yeah, great. But what about those eating a plant-based diet? Well, that's when they see the exaggerated difference in the real results. But that's industry-funded studies. So they're even taking the science now and trying to distort it all in the name of profits. Sad. Yeah, it's it's very sad. And then we um it's hard to be credible. I mean, they're like, no, people don't want to believe me. Who who am I, right? I mean, when the news is saying something else, and and why would they believe me? I'm just somebody that's a tree hugger, you know, or something, right? So it's frustrating. And here's what um, Claudia is saying. People are brainwashed. They're like sleeping. They prefer to die filled with carcasses and bones than change their lifestyle. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's sad. We're very in these patterns against our own health. It's very, very sad. And I love that study that you talk about, about the animals that don't get the plaque build up. Can you talk? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Except for that one. Tell yeah. us about that. So really nice study that uh, that looked at. OK, so we uh, a Russian researcher discovered in 1908 that uh, cholesterol causes atherosclerosis in human beings. Um, so we've known this for 120 years. We've known that animal cholesterol. Look, there's almost no cholesterol in the plant kingdom, period. It's only trace amounts and not enough to do anything. So 100%, nearly 100% of the cholesterol that we get comes from consuming animal products, whether it's eggs, dairy, whatever. Okay. So another researcher said, compiled all the research and found that every single herbivore animal, if you feed them saturated fat and cholesterol, they will get atherosclerosis 100% of the time, every single herbivore animal. But if you feed fat and cholesterol to a true omnivore or a carnivore, they will never get atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis is the hardening of the arteries, the placking in the arteries that leads to heart attacks, stroke, 
high blood pressure, all the major killers of people in the United States. Uh, atherosclerosis is actually the number one cause of death uh, or premature death in the United States as well as globally. Um, so it was interesting that you can feed cholesterol to a carnivore and they will never ever get atherosclerosis, but you feed it to a human and we do. Now, if only herbivores get atherosclerosis and carnivores and omnivores can't get atherosclerosis when you feed them cholesterol, and it's the number one killer of humans, which of these two groups do we fit into? Omnivores <laughs> and, and carnivores who don't ever get atherosclerosis, or it's the number one killer of, of, of humans and, and, and 100%. So they, they did a follow-up study. They said, well, if that's true, and humans really are herbivores because we do. So carnivores actually produce in their thyroid gland, they actually produce something that blocks that from happening. Herbivores don't produce that enzyme, neither do humans. Hence, we're herbivores. <laughs> so they said, well, if that's true, then 100% of humans will also get atherosclerosis. So they took 3,000 autopsies. And they looked at autopsies because people are already dead. And they could get this from even early age, 15-year-olds, instead of opening up their arteries and their brain and their hearts, which would not be a good idea while you're still living. Um, so they looked at, at that, and from the age of 15 to 90, 100% of the 3,000 autopsies they did, every single one of them had atherosclerosis. By the age of 15, they were already forming atherosclerotic plaques in their bodies, and they found as early as nine years of age, atherosclerotic lesions are appearing from eating uh, oxidized cholesterol, which is cooked animal foods. Remember, plants don't have this at all. So just by switching to a plant-based diet, you could stop the progression of the number one killer, premature death, of all people on the entire globe. <laughs> it's so abundantly clear that we're herbivores. Here's another example, heme iron. Um, when our body takes in iron and converts it into heme iron, which is where we get the word hemoglobin, because a lot of it's in our blood, right? That's hemoglobin is our blood. So heme iron is a free form of iron. Now, iron is a metal. And if you put metal in water, what happens? It rusts. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's called oxidation. Well, oxidation makes it corrosive because that oxygen can be corrosive to lots of other cells in our body. So you don't want free iron unless you just use it really quickly. You don't want it circulating around the body because it can cause cancer. Well, when you get a plant uh, iron from a plant, it's bound to an antioxidant called IP6. And then our microbiome can break off that antioxidant and then use the free iron right away when it needs it but only when it needs it. Otherwise, it's protected by an antioxidant. When you feed that plant iron to an animal, it converts it into heme iron, just like we do. When you eat that animal product, so all animal flesh, whether it's fish, chicken, lamb, beef, pork, doesn't matter, all animal flesh contains heme iron. Heme iron goes into our bloodstream. Now, our body thinks hey, wait, that must belong inside of our body, so let's get it in. So it absorbs it really fast. Well, scientists first thought, well, that's great. It's highly absorbing. Well, actually, it absorbs too much, too fast, 
and our liver sends a signal out in a little ingredient called hepcidin to block that from coming in. So what happens is all this heme iron builds up in our digestive tract because it can't even get into our body. Our body's saying, no way, that's too much. It'll be toxic to our body. So we used to think, oh, it's better, you know, to get heme iron because it absorbs. No, now we know it's 10 times worse to get the heme iron from, uh, from animals. So this heme iron then can start to oxidize. And when it does, it becomes cancer causing. It destroys cells and actually denatures the DNA and those cells turn cancerous. Uh, colon cancer is the number two cancer killer of men and women in the United States. So here you've got plant iron actually can go into a cancer cell and reverse it back to a normal healthy cell. So it can reverse cancer. That's something no drug on this planet can do yet. And plants can do it every day, every time you eat. Reversing cancer cells. So you've got a plant iron that reverses cancer and you've got the heme iron in animals that actually causes cancer. Do you see how big a difference? Now here's the other thing. That heme iron that's in animals, carnivores and true omnivores do not get cancer from heme iron. They do not get heart attacks, cholesterol, stroke, and atherosclerosis from cholesterol, and they do not get cancer. Only herbivores do. So humans get cancer. It's the number two cancer killer of humans from heme iron, and humans get atherosclerosis. It's the number one cause of death, both unique to the animal kingdom. There is no heme iron anywhere in the plant kingdom. It only comes from animal products. There is no, relatively, no cholesterol and, and very little saturated fat. So it's, it's really clear the plants protect us from disease and the animal products cause disease in only herbivores. Omnivores and, and carnivores do not get these diseases by these foods because it's what they're supposed to eat. We're not, we're herbivores. And just like all herbivores, when we eat the animal products, it causes disease states. Now, when I say this to people, they're like, well, you know, my grandmother lived to 90 years old and she never had cancer. I said, no, you don't know that she didn't have cancer. She didn't die from cancer. You don't know that she died, didn't die from cancer or heart attack or atherosclerosis or all the other things because they're called quiet diseases. A lot of them, you can have, you can feel normal and fit and healthy and sleep well and live well as a heart attack, you're dead that day. Okay, that heart attack took 20 to 30 years to build up that cholesterol placking. And all that time you were on the process of dying. You just didn't know it. So there's a big difference between, oh, I feel healthy and I am cellularly healthy. My cells are functioning, my nerves are functioning, my blood vessels, my brain is functioning at a proper level. There's a big difference between what you think you are healthy and what you are physiologically healthy. Just because you're not dead from it yet doesn't mean disease is not rampaging your body. Yeah, and I have that ha that have had that happen to some close friends. It's really, really sad. One day they're here, one day they're gone. It's it's horrible. Um, and tell us about the bird. The what? The bird, the little bird, the plastic. The little bird that was um eating plastic and um then the plastic oh yes so, so i love when i post stuff on the uh, uh social media and people challenge me and said oh wait i read this study that uh uh 
uh, eagles, uh, predator birds, um, could get uh, atherosclerosis. So I looked at the study, and sure enough, they were looking at uh, um, uh, carrions, uh, bird, not carrions, but actually predator birds um, that uh, like eagles and osprey and stuff uh, that actually did show signs of atherosclerosis, yet they're carnivores. And I'm like, oh, why is that? And then I looked, and they're in polluted waters where the fish are eating plastics. And the plastics then get transferred to the birds that eat the fish. So they looked at owls, which are also predators, and they didn't get it because they're eating land animals. They're eating mice and, and squirrels and, and rabbits and things, but not eating the fish. Only the predatory birds that were eating the fish full of plastics from humans that were taking the microplastics into the fish and then into the thing. Now, we know that microplastics, once they get into the body, are thyroid disruptors. So what was happening is we were polluting the waters. The fish ate the microplastics. The predatory birds were eating the fish, getting the microplastics. It was disrupting or blocking their thyroid from being producing that chemical that would block them from getting atherosclerosis. So once again, yes, if those birds were in a natural environment, they would never get atherosclerosis. But man has cleverly stepped in with his thyroid disrupting plastics and destroyed the thyroid glands of these animals that would never get it otherwise. But it's also a real clear evidence. You can actually, the, the researcher did that research on cholesterol and, and only being found in uh, herbivore animals, found that if you actually go in and take a carnivore and take out their thyroid gland, then feed them cholesterol or meat, they will immediately get atherosclerosis. So we know exactly as I'm not sure we know or have identified the exact chemical that the carnivores are producing, um, but that's the key difference. It's why humans are not omnivores or herbivores. Now, people say, but we eat uh, both. No, we eat that as a choice, not because it's the right thing to put in our body. We can put a lot of garbage in our body. We can put artificial chemicals that is, our body has never seen before, and we do. I mean walk down the cereal aisle of a grocery store. It's like, it's more chemicals than food in that aisle. Gosh, that is shocking, but true, right? I, I walk through the grocery store and I feel sad. I think, how can this be food? And I see people with their carts full of things that are food, but but then the living food is, who knows where that is? You know, it's, it's very, very sad. So, um, Gosh. Well, the good the good news is the more plants you eat, the better your health is going to be, and especially if you combine that with exercise. Um, a really nice uh, study uh, showed uh, that fruit and uh, the highest in those with the highest fruit and vegetable intake had a forty percent decreased risk of senile dementia of brain damage. <laughs> so great. If we're going to live long, I want my brain to be still functioning while it's happening, right? So, but if you added exercise to that, those with the highest exercise and fruit and vegetable intake, 63% less risk for dementia as we age. Now, 63%, that's a huge number. You know, in, in many of those research studies, 20, 30%, everybody gets excited, but 63%? Wow. And exercise will help you lose fat uh, faster. It will help you lose, especially resistance exercise. Um, 
uh, it will help you lose. And I'm talking about calorie for calorie. If you want to pull up that uh, picture, uh, we can see that um, image there. Let's see if we've got it on screen. Is it showing? No. No. Let's you see, see. It? But I see your screen. I see a black screen. Yeah, I see a black screen too. Let me see if I... There we go. There, there we go. Okay. So this is a this was a isocaloric study, meaning it's the exact same amount of calories in both groups. And they even made the protein exactly the same. The only difference was some were getting theirs from your standard American or mixed diet, uh, omnivorous, omnivorous diet, and the others were eating a plant. Well, actually, this is just vegetarian. It wasn't even uh, exclusively vegan. But just in this vegetarian diet, you saw they had greater weight loss. Um, they had uh, greater loss, uh, less waist circumference. They lowered their cholesterol lower. Uh, their subcutaneous or their skin fat was lower. Their visceral fat. Now, this is the fat that surrounds our heart and lungs and kidneys. This is the dangerous fat, the fat that causes diabetes and fat that causes disease states, heart attacks and strokes. This is the dangerous fat, way much lower, as you can see on the screen there in the middle bottom. Uh, huge difference in visceral fat and even uh, glucose um, improved. So their body's ability to uh, take glucose into the cells. So that's insulin sensitivity. So by eating a high carb, low fat plant forward, diet, same amount of calories, big difference on the impacts. So everybody says, oh, the only way to lose weight is by reducing your calories. Well, this chart shows us that is not true, that the food quality, the amount of plants that you're eating can make a big difference. You can eat the exact same number of calories, same number of grams of protein per day as a meat eater and lose more weight and have better health markers of LDL, of glucose and, uh, sensitivity, of, of fat loss, of weight loss, all of the above just by doing this. So that's, that's something that I think uh, can be a huge impact on people. And let me, let me actually pull up another uh, screen if we can uh, let's see, I'll stop sharing. And then let me share, present a new screen. Better. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's it. And... Okay. So let me share this one here. Okay. Is that okay like that? Or we're in the way. I mean, we are a little bit in the way. There we go. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's still a little bit in the way, but I'll, like, I'll explain it. Um, so it, there are three groups. Um, so what they looked at in the first group was um, weight loss, how much weight loss and how much muscle loss. So the gray bar is weight loss, which is fat loss. And then the uh, dark gray bar is uh, muscle loss or lean mass. So fat mass versus lean mass. All right. So the very first group, the two sets of bars there, you had diet alone. So when they reduce calorie intake, they lost uh, X amount. Uh, I can actually pull up the exact numbers. Okay. And the first group, diet alone, 
they lost 4.8 kilograms or about 10.9%. Well, that's actually pretty good. Um, but they also lost a kilogram of muscle. That's about 2.2 pounds of muscle in the process. That's not so good. Okay, so then they said, what about diet with aerobic training, right? This is endurance training, like doing treadmill or biking or swimming or, or running. So the, those actually lost more weight, which is to be expected because you're adding exercise to the diet alone, you end up losing more weight. So they lost 6.8 kilograms, uh, but they also lost more muscle. So about 60% more muscle loss that's not so good now with the resistance training group this is where the numbers get good because with resistance training they actually lost more fat than with doing cardio and diet that's really cool they lost the uh, six six pounds six and a half pounds more than diet alone um and they maintained more muscle so they lost uh, only, uh, the two times more muscle was retained than when you did aerobics. So if you're serious about doing most people, especially women will say, oh, I got to do cardio, right? Well, actually, if you treat out, trade out that cardio for weight training or resistance training, like doing machines or Pilates, you'll lose more body fat and maintain more muscle. Now, muscle is necessary for strength, so you want to maintain your strength. But also remember, muscle burns calories at rest. So not only will you lose that muscle, you have a much better ability to keep that muscle, that weight loss off, because now you have more muscle gains and that muscle burns calories so it can keep your metabolism higher and you'll maintain a healthy weight longer. So... Bottom line, uh, if you want the best for weight loss, doing weights, weight training or some type of resistance training, that can be bands. Or if you don't want to do uh, free weights, uh, you can do bands or you can do Pilates or you can use machines. So it's very safe. You can just drop the weight if it's not right for you or you can choose the right weights for you. So very important for our overall health um, uh, to consider weight loss. It, weight training is not just for guys who want to bodybuild. Let's get beyond that. It's really important for overall health. It's important for our bone health. Uh, as we lose bone, as we age, there is nothing more important to bone health than resistance training. So our bone structure is made because we live in a gravity environment. Our earth has a certain gravity. Actually, if you put a person in space where there is no gravity, bone loss starts happening immediately and it can become severe in things. That's one of the things they have to figure out how to overcome in space because immediately because there's no gravity there. Why? Because pressure. So bone is a response to pressure. The more weight you put on something like gravity is pulling us down, the more bone structure. That's why obese people actually have denser bones because they're carrying more weight every day. As you lighten your load, as you become leaner, you traditionally will start losing a little bone mass. Now, people were assuming, oh, vegans start losing bone mass because the calcium. No, it's because we're not carrying as much weight. We don't need as much of bones. But by using weight resistance, you can strengthen the bones 
to make sure that bone loss doesn't become a problem. So it's not about the calcium, it's about the weight. Once you remove the weight, you don't need as much. Women tend to lose bone mass post-menopause. Why is that? Because your body knows I'm not gonna be carrying out around an extra 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds for, as for pregnancy. So I don't need to hold on to that extra uh, bone because I'm not gonna be supporting that extra weight. I'm not going to be producing a child and carrying a child. So I think there's this big misunderstanding of why we lose bone appropriately and when that bone loss is a problem. The way to get beyond all of that is just to strengthen your bones through weight-bearing exercises. Well, that's good to know, definitely, because we can't wait till it's too late. we got to take action now. And, um, and so tell me about when you go to the gym, so what do guys say to you? Because you, you're wearing your plant, your, your shirts, right? And JJ said she likes our shirts. <laughs> Actually, I kept this shirt on today because I felt like if I'm going to be with Jeff, I need to be representing too. So <laughs> anyway, um, and yeah, and I went to the farmer's market and I saw a vegan booth, friend, uh, my friend's son. And he said, a lot of people are vegan here, but they don't want to admit it. They'll whisper, which I thought was very strange, but it was good that he said there's a lot more vegans out there. So, but anyway, <laughs> let's, let's get back to the question about how, what's the reaction when guys see you with your, your shirts on your vegan plant powered shirts? Generally, it's 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 pretty positive. Every once in a while, I get up with you know hear people say, "Oh, I love bacon," you know the usual stuff, or I can't wait to get home and get my chicken sandwich, and I'll just you know, like laugh. And I look over and they're pushing ten pound dumbbells, and I'm throwing up one hundred and twenty pound dumbbells, and they're like, "Well, maybe." <laughs> and uh, but a lot of people, because of my gray hair, you know, and you know, will see me. Uh, Put, doing push downs, uh, tricep push downs at 400 and, you know, plus pounds. And they come up to me and they're like, how old are you? And I'm like 60. And they're like, whoa, I'm 47. And I don't, I don't do what you do. And they're like, but you're vegan. And I'm like, yep. And they're like, oh, you just became vegan. And I'm like, no, I've been vegan for 38 years. Oh, you're using then using drugs. I'm like, no, I've been drug free for 38 years too. I swore off all those. I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I quit doing drugs in 1985. And I just don't want them in my life anymore. They're just not part of my life because I like being healthy. I enjoy feeling good. I love being strong, feeling strong. And here I am at 60, 38 years, 100% natural. I don't take any drugs, no medic medical prescriptions or drugs of any kind. Um, I just think the plants will do the healing and they have, and you know, my blood work all, always comes in fine. Um, my nutrition's always great. You know, my blood pressure, they always say, oh, you're a runner. And I'm like, no, I don't even run. <laughs> it's the plants and, 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 and resistance training can do so much good for you. And that's why I encourage people to do it. And it's why I pr produce my product line to, to help people get results in the gym quicker because I was at, uh, I was working for 24 hour fitness in charge of all their supplements there. And then we did, they did a study asking why people stop going to the gym. Number one reason by far was I'm not getting results fast enough. You know, people 
want that instant fix. <laughs> and and I can understand that. That's why so many of the younger kids are are turning to drugs because they're working out in the gym and they're just not seeing the results that they see the guys in magazines with using steroids and they're like, well, I want to gain some muscle faster. And unfortunately, the you know, we've had like almost a dozen major bodybuilders die of a heart attack under the age of 50. Um, a slew have happened recently. Um, and it just breaks my heart when I see kids trying doing the drug route for, for muscle. I'm like, you don't need to do that. That's why I'm trying to be an example why I produced the world's first all-natural drug-free vegan bodybuilding championship in the world. Because I want to show that there's lots of people out there that are achieving incredible physiques doing it in a healthy way without any drug use without eating any animal products all of the athletes on stage test free of drugs and are uh, been vegan for over a year that's such a powerful example when you see all those amazing bodies on stage and those people with their commitment to a healthy way and being an example for other people you know if you are out there doing drugs what kind of example are you setting for the rest of the people who the young kids who are coming up behind you you know is that the example you want to set for them to go down to a path that may lead to the end of their life short i mean let's let's change that myth let's change that version of what masculinity is and show them that hey you can do this even into your 60s you can have <laughs> Strong, healthy bodies um, without the drugs and without consuming any animal products whatsoever. Right. Yeah. And the bodybuilding championship, that's amazing. And that was a few months ago. Was do you have photos from that? Yeah, we've got the I've got the, the world vegan bodybuilding championship there. That's How one amazing. Of the medals we gave out. Yeah. Oops, right yeah so <laughs> what if you missed what about the next year? What if you missed it this year? Can you can we go next year? Yes, we're, we're working on that. Um, to, we don't have a, a, we're working on some tentative locations right now. We want it to be a nice show, a bigger show. Uh, so we're excited with our new partners for the 2024 uh, World Vegan Bodybuilding Championship. We're really excited. And we're hoping that in 2025, we're going to have two of them and possibly more, one on each coast, so that those living on the East Coast as well as the West Coast can get involved with the show and possibly even taking it to Japan and the, and the East. So we're excited about all of that. Great. So we all, we don't have any excuse now not to get in shape and get ready so we can get some medals also. That's, <laughs> that's inspiring. And, and if you don't do it for, for anybody else, do it for you and for the people who care about you. You know, I, I've lost both brothers, my mother and my father all before they reached 60. And I'm 60 now, and I look at my wife, and I want to be here for her. You know, I want to be in full capacity, not uh, not frail and senile dementia or Alzheimer's disease, not heart attacks, not stroke, not diabetes. I don't want to burden her with my ill health. So, you know, I, I think about, hey, if you can't do this for you, do it at least for the people you love. Take care of yourself. You can make a difference. And you can turn many of these disease states around. Diabetes is reversible. You know, uh, atherosclerosis is reversible. Dr. Dean Ornish wrote an amazing book on reversing heart disease. 
Um, so it's it's never too late to make the change, and you know, be here for your wife, your kids, your husband, your your children, your family members, the people who care about you. Um, if you feel like you're doing good in this world, that's the only way you can keep doing good is by taking care of this body while while you have it. Yeah. Right. And what if somebody's watching that's very overweight and they can barely get up? I mean, what would you recommend? How, how would they start out? Because it's so hard, I think, if we're really caught in this mindset of, oh, I can barely get up. I mean, what would you recommend to them? Yeah, start with diet first. If they're in a, in a, in a, in a that far along, if you're, and then start really small, even just doing mild calisthenics, you know, just doing a basic sitting in a chair and standing up, sitting in a chair and standing up, um, getting a home bike or a, a home treadmill and just walking. Um, they've shown that just walking 15 to 20 minutes a day can have a big impact, not only on your immediate health, but your microbiome. So as you improve, improve your microbiome, you're gonna get better nutrition out of it. You're gonna actually change the way your appetite works. Um, Find foods that you really enjoy that are health promoting and make those the go-to food. Like for me, I love blueberries. So every time I get a sweet craving, I just go grab some blueberries. Blueberries are low glycemic. They're one of the highest in antioxidants. They're rich in polyphenols that help for weight loss. Uh, they got prebiotic fibers in them, pectin loaded with pectin. So they feed our probiotics, improve our gut health. And many studies have shown the positive benefits for brain protection, neuroprotection, and, and, and going in salsa. So here's something that has exercise benefits, weight loss benefits, brain health, heart health, every part of health, and yet I love the taste of them. So they're my go-to when I get a sweet tooth. Instead of having the junk foods in your, in your cabinet that you'll go to, buy some of the favorite foods that you like, strawberries or blueberries or things that are really health promoting. If you want crunchy, do celery, do carrot sticks, get those little baby carrot sticks and a good dip that you like that's not too high in saturated fat. And, and, and you know, ha have it be your fun. If you need the crunch, do that. If, if you need salty, celery has natural sodium in it and it'll give you that salt fix if you're really feeling salty. But look for healthier versions of the same things that you would normally crave. If it's sweet, if it's salty, if it's fat, do avocado, do an avocado toast. That'll cure your fat cure because it is fat, but it's good fats, monounsaturated fats and healthy fats that your body can eat. Plus, it's loaded with polyphenols that help the body actually process those fats better. Animal foods don't have polyphenols in them. The polyphenols help our body metabolize the fats. So even when you got saturated fats in, in uh, animal products versus plant products, the plant products have the polyphenols and the animal products don't. So saturated fat is not the same in both animal and plants. Same with monounsaturated fats. Great study. I looked at monounsaturated fats and it reduced oxidation of LDL cholesterol, which is what causes atherosclerosis. And I'm like, awesome, right? But they said, oh, there's some monosaturated fats in animal products. Well, let's take a look at them. And they did it and they found it did not help with LDL cholesterol at all. So the same monounsaturated fats in an animal protein did not have the health affirming effects that the monounsaturated fats in a uh, plant uh, protein source did. 
So big difference. I think a lot of people are assuming, hey, that's saturated fat, that's saturated fat. They'll do the same thing. No, they're not the same thing because what they come with in a whole food plant product. Well, that's very good to know. I actually got some questions here from Claudia. Let me show this. Um, what about the intake of plant facts, fats, for example, putting on bread? And then she also asked about margarine here. What would you say about that, Jeff? Uh, margarine's pretty uh, processed. So if you want something that has that fatty feel, avocado toast is spreading a little avocado um, or an olive pate. Olive's got uh, a good amount of uh, fats in it. Um, but uh, the thing with oils like margarine, okay, so when you isolate an oil, it can oxidize. Remember, lipid oxidation, cholesterol is a lipid. So are fats, fats are lipids, lipids basically another name for fats. But when you allow these to be exposed to oxygen, the oxygen molecules will attach to them and start degrading them. Oxygen are free radicals. When you, when you hear plants are antioxidants, that's anti-oxygen radicals, antioxidant. That's where that word comes from. It's that oxygen. Oxygen is the most, one of the most corrosive molecules now, our body figured out we need a lot of plants to quench all those oxygen ones that get free. Like when you get heme iron, heme iron attracts that oxygen, creates oxidation, right? That's the rust of a metal. And when you cook an animal food, when you heat it, it allows even more oxygen to attach to it. It's funny that a study that when you have uh, oxidative LDL cholesterol in animal products. That's the real nasty molecule that's clogging up our arteries and our brains and even our genitalia is that when it oxidizes, it becomes fluffy and sticky and becomes then gummy and gums up our arteries. That's an oversimplification, but that's basically it. So you don't want that oxidation. Well, they looked at that and says, well, what if you take like cooked chicken that you buy at the store and you put it in the fridge? Now you've solidified that oxidation on the thing. When you reheat it, that oxidation super speeds. So twice heated meat has up to 10 times the oxidative cholesterol in it. And that's what we're doing. We're buying pre-cooked foods. We're putting it in our fridge and then cooking it, heat and serving it, and really magnifying the amount of oxidative stress in there. So you don't, the only oil that really doesn't do that as much, almost all isolated oils, because remember, in the, all oils are in plants, like peanuts or walnuts, they've got oil in them. Oil is just another name for fat, and it's oil because it's liquid at room temperature, because it's unsaturated, doesn't have a lot of oxygen molecules in it. So when you have a saturated fat, it's hard at room temperature, uh, like lard or animal fat when you see it cooking that's saturated fat all right uh, same with an avocado that's more saturated fat different though because it's bound to antioxidants in an animal there's no antioxidants there to protect it from oxidizing so when you remove the oil from the plant it doesn't have its antioxidants by it to protect that oil and then the oil can oxidize the only one that doesn't do that as much is olive oil Olive oil, even when you press it, takes some of the antioxidants with it, a really powerful one called hydroxytyrosol, and it protects that oil from oxidizing as much. 
that's why most of the health benefits like in the Mediterranean diet show that olive oil is the better of the oils because it has that antioxidant in it, preventing that oxidation of the oil. So to be clear, just pass on the isolated oils unless it's olive oil, use only moderately and skip on the margarine, use, um, use like uh, coconut oil, which has its antioxidants in it to it as well, or uh, a co uh, coconut butter rather, uh, or um, use uh, uh, avocados or a nut butter or uh, olive paste or something like that to, to will give you that fat craving. Coconut butter, I've never heard of that. So that that's better than margarine. Yes, yeah, it's a the coconut spread. There's a couple of companies out there that make it. I believe you can get it at Whole Foods. Okay, I've seen it actually. I did have it. I mean, this was maybe a couple of years ago. I've forgotten, but yeah. All right. Well, that's very very good to know. And what about your products, Jeff? For people that might want to know more about them. Yeah, so I, I look to nature to try to find what's the, the best of what nature has to offer. And, you know, I was reading a lot of the research showing like things like ahi flower. It's the richest source of omega-3 of any plant ever discovered, but nobody's ever heard of it. And I'm like, well, people should be using this if it's the best. <laughs> Why not? You know, um, so I was uh, very first to bring uh, ahi flower. Uh, it is the richest source of omega-3 of any plant in the world. Um, it's higher in a one omega called SDA. SDA is really important for those who there's about two to 3% of the population doesn't convert ALA, uh, downwards, uh, as well as other people. It's not that they don't con convert it completely. They just don't do it as well. So for them, SDA is the better one because it starts right after LA conversion. So good for even those who want to stay completely plant pure and uh, not do it. So taking DHA, I want to confer to people, new study research shows that DHA can actually elevate LDL cholesterol in the bloodstream. So please, if you're taking algae DHA, thinking that's better, if you have a cholesterol issue, this is probably not the best route. You should take the ALA, let your body convert it to the EPA and DHA when it needs it and only when it needs it, because putting excess DHA pre-converted into your system or EPA, this could lead to problems. And, and I'm really discouraged that, you know, so many vegans are turning to uh, preformed algae DHA when it could be elevating their cholesterol. DHA also inhibits our body's EPA ability to protect against uh, oxidation of cholesterol. They found EPA lowered the risk of LDL cholesterol, but if you added DHA, it had no effect at all. So it stopped, it blocked the helpful effects of EPA, which we know ALA converts to very quickly in blood. And that's one of the reasons why blood tests aren't accurate for um, for omega-3s for vegans. Um, if you're putting preformed EPA and eating it like in fish and animal products, EPA and DHA are going to show up in your blood. If you're eating ALA, your body's going to hold on to that ALA and only convert it in the tissues when it needs it, at the right time, at the right place, for the right gender, for the right age, for the right health condition. So our body endogenously regulates this process, but it doesn't convert ALA to DHA in the bloodstream because why? DHA 
actually can increase LDL cholesterol. That would not be a good thing to happen in the blood. LDL cholesterol can oxidize in greater amounts when it is uh, when there is DHA present. So that is not a good thing. Our body intuitively knows do not convert ALA to DHA in the blood because it can be harmful to us and lead to degenerative effects. Wait, just hold it in the tissues and convert it on an as-need basis so it's not showing up in the blood and interfering with it. Good study, actually. Dr. Clapper did a, did a self-study. He said the more ALA he took, the lower his DHA got. His red blood cells were actually kicking out inferior DHA and replacing it with ALA and EPA because they're both cardioprotective. ALA is cardioprotective. EPA is cardioprotective. DHA is not. It actually could be the opposite. So that's why the body doesn't want to convert DHA in the blood. But all these blood test studies are making vegans fearful that they're not getting enough DHA because they're only measuring it in the blood. I'm like, well, they, a new study showed that 50% of all of the conversion to DHA happens in the tissue. 50 times as much, rather, happens in tissues than in the blood. Yet we're still tied to this old study that is only really accurate for those who are not vegetarians or vegans. Well, that's very, very interesting. And we got some questions here. So we have, um, can you post the name of the flower that contains S-A-L-A? So that I contains can ALA, so I can look it up. Yeah. It, it's called uh, the, the name of the... <laughs> Uh, you're probably not going to look it up this way, but the name of the plant is Bugliarius or something like that. It's it's a funny, funky name. It goes by its trade name, Ahi Flower. Uh, this is the flower right there. Uh, and uh, the flower produces a seed, uh, and the seed is the oil. So the flower doesn't produce the oil. The, uh, the plant is called Ahi Flower. Um, that's its trade name. And then the seed is actually what... But it was originally called stone seed because the seed was as hard as a stone. And because of that, uh, nothing really ate it. Um, animals didn't eat it or anything like that. So because no one could break it apart. But now we have machine equipment that can actually break it apart and yield the highest amount of omega essential omegas of any plant ever discovered. It, it has higher amounts of SDA than any plant. It's uh, higher than... Flax, chia, hemp, all of them, uh, richer source, uh, has GLA for women, uh, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. It's the highest in SDA and GLA combined. It's just an extraordinary plant. It won the Nexty Award uh, for the best supplement of the year. You can see it right here, the Nexty Award as for the best supplement of the year out of all supplements in the United States. Um, really proud of that uh, amazing i was proud to be the very first person to bring it to market and excited for the research that really backs up how but that's what i love doing i love finding these extraordinary plants i've got more coming uh lemna the first plant ever to provide a hundred percent daily value of your vitamin b12 in all three bioavailable forms that's amazing so now we can actually eat a whole plant food and get all of the B12 we need without having to take a supplement. Pretty incredible.
That is incredible. I was just thinking about that. So let me get, we're running out of, we're running out of time here. Let me get this question up here. Um, how about sunflower oil? What yeah, so almost that? all of, uh, all of the rest of the oils, once they're isolated, they will begin to oxidize to a degree. Um, so my suggestion is just to say, stay away from oils altogether if you can. Um, obviously, it's in a lot of packaged foods and stuff like that. Um, learn to cook, cook with broths instead of oil in your pan or bake uh, or use air fryers. There's lots of other options you can do. You can... You can um, uh, use clay pots, you can boil, you can do stews. There's so many other ways you can prepare your foods without using oil. It's just better to stay away from them altogether or at least minimize them to the least amount. Less yeah. is better. <laughs> You're right. That's I cook with um, vegetable broth now and I love it. So, so Jeff, what if people want to order? Where, what's the website? We need to, well, first of all, tell us, this has been a fabulous, <laughs> you have so much information we could talk all day, but um, tell us where, that, where people can go, your website and um, your final words. I mean, you want to, whatever you want to say. Yeah, sure. Um, so if anybody is interested in the products, um, cleanmachineonline.com. We've got a brand new website. It was just up uh, this week. Um, so make it very user-friendly. You can see some of the extraordinary products. The first um, vitamin D3, the first 100% pure organic vitamin D3 made from algae. Um, just amazing. Um, pure vitamin D3 to get your D3 levels up. One of them two uh, supplements of B12, clearly, omega-3 and D3. Everybody should be taking them for optimal health. Um, and um, I just want to leave you with this note that it's not about us and them. It's about us. It's about our health. We've had a lot of people that in their heart of hearts probably are thinking, I just need to make money. I need to sell this product because it brings, it feeds my family and protects my home. I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't wanna attack anybody for what they're doing, but let's take a look at what we're doing and what we're contributing to. And what is the truth based on the science? If the truth says, hey, eating these animal products can hurt me, if not exercising can hurt me, let me leave you with just this one last study. Um, it was a study that looked at the eight uh, contributors to cause all cause of death. And diet, of course, was in there too as well. Not smoking, not drinking, getting proper sleep and anxiety. But the number one greatest impact is a veteran study. Number one impact, 64% improvement on reduced risk for all causes of death by exercise. Just by increasing your exercise. It will reduce your body fat. It reduces your risk for cancer. Your body produces myokines after you do that. Those myokines protect against cancer formation. It reduces diabetes more than the diabetes diet just by adding exercise. I mean, across the board, I can't stress enough, combine a plant-based diet with proper resistance training and you will live better, you will live healthier and live longer if you don't get hit by a car, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great. No, I feel good because I walk all the time with my dog. And there is a question. Let me ask this real quick. You know, <laughs> did you recommend a certain oil for dogs? And I don't even know if you know this, Jeff. Do, do dogs need oil? So they need oil is what um, our friend is saying. Yes, they do. Omega-3s are really important. And uh, uh, ahi flower omega-3s 
are uh, approved and used. Um, Purina actually just started adding it to their dog food because it had such anti-inflammatory properties. Okay, so I'm gonna, <laughs> chia seed, that's what I'm gonna put in my dog's food because she's cooking for 11 dogs and I cook for one dog. And um, remember yeah. with chia though, you need to grind chia. The studies show that up to zero amounts of omega-3s were gotten from chia seeds when you eat them whole, like in chia pudding. You don't get any, <laughs> any omega-3s without chewing them. So flax and chia need to be ground and grind them just before you use them so they don't oxidize. Okay, great tips. This is just a plethora of wonderful information. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff. And thanks everybody for watching. This is, you're going to have to, I'm sure you'll be back again to, to share your wisdom. And um, good, yeah, yeah. Thank you for representing masculinity, men, and incredible strength of mind and character for us and plants. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. And thanks everybody for watching. All right. Namaste vegan, everybody. And uh, have a beautiful Saturday. <laughs>